You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. I believe uh, we've got Charles Bester on the line now. Charles, welcome. It's not Charles, Michael, but you've got uh, Nick if you want to speak. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm flying blind here, Nick. Um, I could yeah, be talking no, to Joe Biden right now. Sorry mm, about that. No. Uh, uh, how did you read the, the mood and the sentiments in, in markets today? As, uh, as a, we certainly have a very interesting week ahead for SA mm. Inc. Yeah, we've got a chocker week with economic data, as you said, and a few other things with Mr. Ramaphosa speaking, and not to mention offshore the start of the U.S. earnings season. So it is a busy one for traders. Um, the market sentiment today, I thought, was pretty good. I mean, we we were off the highs, um, but I mean, quite broad-based sort of rally. Smaller caps were in favour. Uh, we took, I think, we took a little bit of lead from the, the strong sort of Asian markets and the and the U.S. futures, which are powering ahead. Nasdaq up two percent as well. But the only disappointment, Michael, is I think volume once again. I mean, 16 billion value traded. It's a little bit concerning that we're pushing higher on this on, on volume. That's quite frankly, you know, 20, 30 percent under what we should be doing at the moment. And that's why we're going to be talking to uh, the CEO of the JSC, Leila Fari, later on in the week about uh, ensuring we just add some more depth to our market, be it Johannesburg uh, depository receipts like ADRs or or something, we certainly need to do something in an environment where we could get a boost uh, from the right economic policies. But something structural is happening in the market, Nick, um, and and it's not good for the retail investor. No, it's not. And, you know, it's also... It's a hard one as well, being a sort of money manager as well, in that if you're just looking at local stuff, you know, your investable universe in South Africa is, is, is quite frankly getting less and less and less attractive. And, and with, with ability for people to, to trade offshore and, and move money offshore a lot easier than it was a few years ago, you know, people don't want to talk about local stuff. They want to talk about... Um, you know, Tesla and all the exciting, sexy stuff overseas. So I think the JSC definitely need to do something. Look, they've been quite, I must say, the one or two products that have come up, that Satrix uh, China uh, ETS that came out, and one or two others have been very well received. So I think we need to see more of that. You know, bring more of those sort of products to the market, as you said, ETNs and a few depository receipts. I think we can definitely get some interest back in the market. Yeah, and get uh, that depth back as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting company news today from Murray and Roberts, uh, rallying thanks to a big contract down under. Uh, and that's the thing about construction counters. They can be down and out uh, and then one big contract uh, and the share rallies was up 9% at one stage. Yeah, it's, it's so difficult because, I mean, we, we had sort of some uh, feedback uh, last week from them with PPC, and, of course, that was a disaster stock move today. But, yes, you're right. I mean, you, you're either in favor or out of favor. But Mayan Roberts, I think, have diversified quite nicely, and I'd be quite interested. I'm looking forward to Mr. Ramaphosa's speech, so hopefully it's not just that they're more of the same. But I think there's a real push into infrastructure spending and that some of these beaten-down construction stocks, you know, they might be worth a look. But, obviously, Mayan Roberts are uh, getting a little bit impetus from what it's doing down under, as you said. Uh, that uh, joint venture with uh, Cloud Down Under uh, is uh, certainly proving to be uh, a bit of a boon for Murray and Roberts. It won the 1.5 billion, 18 billion rand contract to work on power grids in South Australia and uh, New South Wales. That JV is going to construct four substations and uh, uh, certainly uh, a deal that puts a bit more spring into Murray and Roberts's step as well. A very small cap, a real penny stock, this nutritional holdings announced uh, that 
it's hit its first profit in four years today. It's looking to acquire a cannabis group, uh, UK Yuku Sekela. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I stand under correction. Is this one that you uh, follow, uh, to be blunt? I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try to pretend I know about that stock. No, I don't, quite frankly. <laughs> it, uh, it certainly is one of the micro caps out there. The bottom line jumped 210% to 5.9 million in the year to end February from a 5.4 million rand loss uh, previously. Barely a blip on most radar screens. Uh, Jubilee Metals, uh, another smallish counter announcing uh, record uh, production uh, and performance in the third quarter. Platinum Group Metals, and uh, it's just more of the same in the PGM space. Yeah, these guys are really... I mean, you talk about some companies being in a, in a perfect storm, but uh, on the other side, you've got companies in this platinum sector with, uh, you know, this, this certainly this, this weaker dollar theme that's been playing out, precious metals back in favor, that whole PGM basket. And, I mean, quite frankly, right, some of these PGM companies, you know, balance sheets are getting tidied up. These guys are paying dividends. I mean, you would never have said 10 years ago that... Uh, would have where we are now with some of these PGMs. And I think quite, for me also, I think what's been quite encouraging, a lot of these guys are not doing what they used to do in the past, where they'd be buying and making acquisitions at the top of the cycle. Yeah. They seem to be a lot more sort of prudent. I think they've possibly learned. I mean, look at Impala. I mean, they really have... Uh, been reluctant to invest and, and buy things like they used to do. I think they've, they've had their fingers burned once or twice. So I think it's very encouraging. I really like this PGM space at the moment. Although broadly, if you look at the commodity sector, it was interesting to note what Mick Davis uh, of Extrata and the man mm. who was so instrumental in creating BHP was saying about course, his yeah. concerns with mining counters reinvesting uh, dividends um, or, or failing to reinvest dividends in, in new capex and growth projects and rather distributing those dividends. Uh, and I I suppose that will uh, ultimately keep metals prices well supported because if you're not reinvesting in new greenfields operations, eventually mm-hmm. uh, demand will outstrip supply and uh, that, that's probably bullish for commodities for some time to come. Yeah, I agree. I think it is bullish for sort of spot metal prices going forward and, and in general commodities. Look, we've seen quite a bit of interest on the commodities side and, and not just PGMs anymore, a lot more interest in uh, in, in sort of agricultural and softs and to in some of the other spaces too. So I also think for, for you know, if, if, if the JSC are listening, you know, get some more interest in your sort of, uh, you know, your white maize contracts and that sort of stuff as well, because generally an interest coming through on that space. But uh, I agree. I think it's uh, that whole basket is starting to look very, very interesting. And uh, but I think also don't forget that a lot of these companies didn't pay dividends and they took a lot of pressure for not doing it. And uh, now all of a sudden uh, the mining guys are starting to behave like, you know, giving money back to shareholders and you can't have it both ways, I think. Yeah, we've got Charles Bester back on the line now, Wealth and Portfolio Manager at Career International. Charles, some uh, technical glitches in the machine on uh, a Monday, one of those Mondays. Welcome. Uh, how are you reading this market uh, in a big week, a big political week, isn't it, with the President uh, due to uh, announce his long-awaited economic re- uh, recovery and reconstruction plan. Uh, the, the words we've heard before and the market will need more than words this time though. Yeah, sure, Michael, um, um, and good evening to your listeners. Yeah, I was listening to what Nick was saying, and I, and I think what we really need to see now is, is some real action. I mean, we've had a lot of plans, and we've heard about a lot of plans, but we haven't been implementing those plans, and we haven't gotten them off the ground. And we really need to reset this economy. We really need to get the 2.2 million people that lost their jobs um, back in employment. Um, we need to increase the tax base. So I think um, we'll, we'll need to make the hard decisions. We'll implement, we'll have to implement those, those, those tough decisions. 
And uh, next week, uh, when we listen to to Tito Mbweni, um, we'll probably get some 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 more detail. But yeah, I think South Africans are very skeptical at the moment that the ANC government will in- implement the, um, the, the the right procedures. But hopefully, we are with our backs against the wall this time, and we don't really have a choice. And the hope is that because we don't have a choice, uh, we will now make the right choice and we'll stop kicking the can down the road. Nick, also on Thursday, we've got the state of disaster that was declared in March and extended to the 15th of October expiring. Is there any good reason for us to continue to operate within a national state of disaster, considering um, how uh, particular, particularly deaths have come off the boil? Mm. I'm, not, I'm not a disease expert or pandemic expert, but certainly, you know, hospitals are not overflowing. I mean, we initially shut down for 21 days to prepare, you know, prepare the country and those hospitals for the influx of, of COVID victims. And we're certainly not there anymore. So I'd be surprised to see if we did. Although I think, you know, the government obviously with maybe one hour of what's happening over in Europe at the moment, I mean, the disaster of what's happening in the UK uh, looks like they're going to literally lock down the whole north of that country at some point today. So, you know, I don't know if we, we South is far from that, that second way, but I think there is a little bit of concern. My personal feeling is they probably will extend it for now anyway. And then, Charles, uh, offshore US markets gearing up for the third quarter earnings season. And I see, according to Refinitiv here, S&P 500 expectations are for a, a drop of 21% in earnings. Is that overly pessimistic so that uh, most of the uh, earnings will, will beat uh, a very low bar? Well, Michael, I think we've been going in the right direction. And when, when they did the um, fact that consensus earnings for Q3 at, at the end of June was down 25%. So companies are doing a bit better. And I think the analysts are, 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 are decreasing that expected drop in earnings. But it's, I mean, it's still, it, it's, it's still tough for uh, American companies. I mean, if, if you look at the S&P 500 uh, forward PE, it's over 21 um, whereas the uh, the five year average is seventeen and the ten year average is fifteen, so the the market isn't isn't cheap. There's a uh, we we feel a, a bit of heart um, in, in the market, certainly in in the technology sector. Those companies are doing very well, but you're paying a hefty premium if you buy them at this price. Nick, your view on third quarter earnings out of the U.S. still uh, fully priced? Too much volatility into the U.S. election? How are you viewing it? The market is the market's looking. I mean, the point of least resistance you can see in the market is the upside. I think the market is is, is creating its own rhetoric. Um, you know, we've been talking about potential stimulus for a month now, and the market keeps grinding higher. Uh, I think it's probably the market is looking for an excuse to rally. But but I agree with Charlotte. It's um, you know, the market is not cheap. And you look again today. I mean, you know, Apple up three uh, you percent. Know, all the tech shares up four percent and higher, and they keep grinding higher. But at some point, I think reality will set. And it might be a case of, of buy the rumor, sell the news, quite frankly. But yeah, I think this earnings season that's coming out, that's starting tomorrow with the banks. I think it's going to set the tone for next month. Nick Kunza, portfolio manager at Sunland Private Wealth, and Charles Bester, wealth and portfolio manager at Clear International, with your view from the market eventually.